0: Alright, well hello everybody and welcome to uh, the All Portable Discussion Zone, the uh, bi-weekly discussion about all things portable. My name is Charlie, uh, November Juliet 7 Victor, and my co-host today as usual, Brian W7JET and Dan KC7MSU are with us. And of course we have all the uh regular uh characters in the uh, chat room christian and uh and uh the Smoking ape and the Dons, and uh so welcome to you guys as well uh we have a good uh, show I think planned for us today and so uh i uh, think we'll just jump right into it uh i had a uh, I was on vacation for a week uh but we have a lot that's happened over the last two weeks and so uh we want to talk a little bit about some of the things that's been going on in our in our uh uh, over the last two weeks Uh, i I went to georgia and i'll talk a little bit about that and uh but we'll start with dan dan has some things that he's going to discuss with us and then uh we'll ask him some questions and uh, just move right in just to kind of take turns so go ahead dan
1: uh great hi everybody um yeah i was real fortunate last uh last week to uh Go on a getaway up to Alpine, Arizona. Uh, we're out uh, celebrating our 35th uh, wedding anniversary. So we spent uh, five or six days up there. And uh, my bride was uh, kind enough to allow me out of the, uh, out of the cabin and uh, away from uh, doing things with her for a little bit. So I went and did, uh, uh, I was originally planning on doing two mountains. Yeah, uh, so I did uh, Timber Top and South Mountain. Uh, and then I got back and uh, discovered that uh, I was stuck on, uh, what is it, 897 uh, points, activator points. And, uh, and that just didn't sit well with me. So <laughs> I had to get, get it, get, finally get it over 900 points. So uh, I got to go out on uh, Monday morning <clears throat> and I did Noble Mountain, which was a fantastic uh, mountain to do up there in Alpine.
0: Cool. So, so what are you at now then, uh, Dan?
1: Uh, I'm at 907 points now.
0: 907 activator points. Hey, we're going to be throwing a party for you soon, aren't we?
1: Uh, I hope so, yeah. So I had to get over that 900-point hump, though.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, What have you been up to, Brian, the last couple weeks?
2: Well, let's see. I, uh, I was out at work. So uh, while I was out at work, I sat in Napa for a few days uh, with a broken airplane and uh, happened to find out that there was a state park not too far from there. So I figured, well, I got my radio with me, so I dipped my toe in a solo, uh, non-associated with soda, POTA activation. It was a little impromptu thing late in the day, so I have some comments about how that went. It was a little tough. And then I uh, got a couple, did four activations in the last week for uh, for summits on the air, worked some DX. I think the bands are improving. Had a lot of fun with the Arizona QSO party this weekend with Dan. Charlie was, was, was too good for us, couldn't come and play, had to do his own thing. So we did okay with Adam, though. We managed to limp it in. I managed to work some CW all by myself without screwing it up too bad. And uh, yeah, you know, got some, uh, some stuff going on. Working on uh, actually, my backyard is being graded right now by my my neighbor. I'm fortunate that I have a neighbor that's a general contractor with a front end loader and a and an excavator. So he's filling in a low spot in my property that's eventually going to be the uh, area where I throw in a new 58 foot fold over tower. So pretty pumped about that.
0: Nice. Um,
2: so yeah, now things are things are going good. Excited about some stuff. I said I've, I've also been co spotting with POTA. Are alerting, I should say, with pota from my soda activations that fall in pota areas, and that's really pushed up my uh, my QSO counts. In fact, I got uh, what two logs here. Well, let let me grab them. Two full log pages here. They were kind of hard to read in the paper from the last activation I did. They're well over between two mountains, well over uh, fifty contacts. So that was kind of exciting as well.
0: Wow. So, so you think that uh, then? Yeah, I I kind of learned about that uh, recently too, where where you know a national forest. Is considered a national park, and uh, so you know I, I've never really uh, added my alerts to uh, poda But you're saying you, you think that you've got a lot more contacts that's kind of generating more contacts for you.
2: Absolutely. Well, you know, we we all three of us know the regulars. the The call signs pop up as soon as you hear it. In fact, for for especially for the CW guys, even some of the as soon as you hear the style of sending, you know the call sign before it even comes out. And uh, there were a few in there that I'm like, huh. No, but I'm not familiar with that one. But uh, I as looking through the log, they showed up on uh, on both activations. So either the new soda people or the new pota people. But the only thing that's different between uh, the last time I activated and these last four this week was that I uh, I co- alerted on the uh, the pota page for them. So I'm gonna go with their pota people that uh, that that jumped on board.
0: Did uh, anybody ask for your 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 location one versus the other? Like for example. You know, did they get confused about which uh, designator to, to offer?
2: No, no, I, I didn't I didn't get either or, um, I, you know, or questions about the, the, um, the POTA number, and I'm assuming they just looked on the activation page, and and like everybody else that works me knows, I'm a pretty mediocre CW operator, so <laughs> more than a signal report's probably going to result in a bunch of gibberish where you're going, I have no idea what he just said. I think he wants to invade Cuba.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have anything to add, Dan?
1: Yeah, so, Brian, uh, I understand uh, also you uh, you got some DX while you were out as well, right?
2: Yeah, I did. In fact, I think we both worked the same guy, so I got to go to this log page. This log page filled up so much that I don't want to rip out another piece of paper, so I actually started writing along the side there. That's how full it got. That's uh, 28 lines, so I, I went past 28, and one of them was, let's see here. Where was he? I got a French guy. Which was Fox Four Whiskey Bravo November, and no, Belgium. O- Oscar November Four Victor Tango were the two DX I oh, worked yeah. on that month. He's a regular. And then I said a few weeks ago I worked the uh, the ZL three, which I can't remember his call sign, but BY something or other. ZL something. BYZ, <laughs> yeah. I've worked I've worked him a couple of times. In fact, the last time I worked him before the solo activation was with Dan on. Uh, on um, What what the heck is that the fire tower summit over by Hutch we worked on oh. Hutch not this field day but the last field day So yep. two years ago field day
0: cool, yeah, I got uh, well, Let me tell you a little bit about my Georgia trip then I guess unless so uh, you you want to take something uh, Do some talk about something Dan or do you want to you want to let me go with the Georgia thing? Uh, go ahead. Go with Georgia. All right, so I I uh... I spent the week in Georgia spending time with a family uh, uh my stepson and his wife and their their uh five kids and had a lot of fun doing a lot of family stuff went on a few hikes in Georgia I love the area they're so beautiful uh but uh, one of the things I you know when I when I, I had a, we flew out there and uh, I know I, I did a video before about uh, traveling with your your uh, ham radio and and uh, this time I didn't have quite as much uh uh, gear with me. I decided to go with the MTR-3B and go real light. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, Adam uh, got the names there. A- O-N-4-V-T is Danny and K-Z-L-1-B-Y-C. Yep, they're, they're regulars. Yep. So anyway, I, I, was, uh, I, I threw, went through the airport and uh, when I went through Phoenix here, they didn't even have us take anything out of the bags. I had a big laptop and all kinds of gear. And when we went through uh, security on the way to Georgia they didn't even ask us to take anything out of the bags they were just shuffling people through so that was kind of interesting usually doesn't happen that way right usually you have to pull things out of the bags and and uh, turn it on separate it and stuff like that i've never had to turn turn my any of my gear on have you had to
1: yeah i have um i've traveled with uh hts primarily and i've almost always had to turn those on really Um, yeah so i was kind of surprised because most people that uh i've heard of They just they say hey i'm a ham operator and they kind of like hey we know what the deal is there and they just kind (laughs) of shuffle you through
0: yeah what about you brian i've
2: so the only time i really had any kind of weirdness with regards to my gear was in the um the um uh, i can't think of the name of it now in scotland i can't think of of the airport um so up where Loch Ness, it'll come to me in a second. But anyway, that's the only time I've really had any, any trouble with security, and it was, it was it was a very typical, like you know, like the stereotypical Scottish type stuff with the accents and the the attitude and the very um <laughs> the 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 bluntness. So there was a female working the counter, and she, my bag went through, and she looked at it and very thick Scottish accent informed me that I needed to take the stuff out, and they went through it all, and as I got slid down to the next guy, the next guy looks at me and goes let me guess it was the and he used some slang word for a woman which i can't remember but it was very scottish and i looked at it and, and eve was standing next to me and and she smiled and, he, and i smiled and he goes yeah it figures she thinks she's the last line of defense and that was uh, <laughs> and he goes you can just go put all that stuff back in your bags and that, that's the only, the only time i've ever been hassled with gear yeah um and that was in uh, yeah, geez, why can't I think of the name of the town now? And it just it's just it's been where, a where long lives. weekend. Inverness, that's it. It was Inverness. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. So we were. It was. Yeah. That was the only time I've ever been hassled. I mean, I fly with my gear all the time, so there's always an HF radio in my suitcase. And as you guys know, I probably spend about I probably do about thirty to forty airline flights a year.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. For my for my job.
0: Quite a bit. Yeah. And
2: sometimes that you know some I do have the, um, the the special security badge so i don't always have to go through the same security that everybody else does but there's a lot of times that especially when i'm coming home from work and i got a first class ticket i don't want anybody to know what i do for a living so i'm not in uniform i'm usually in shorts t-shirt flip flops i look like i'm going on vacation so that way i can get i can drink up all that free expired beer up in uh in in first class while i'm riding home and and um even then i've never really been hassled now i i do have um the the next tier down which is the um uh the uh known traveler um uh um thing and that you know i don't have to go through the 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 um the x-ray machine i just go through the magnetometer so i haven't had too many problems with it every now and then like i had the one time because of the the dipole you know it's a big mass of wire in there and when they look at that, sometimes they look at that and they're like, "What? What's the big wad wire in there?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, it's wire antenna." Oh, okay, you know. Sometimes they don't even want to look at it; they just ask. Uh, but I've never really had any major hassles with yeah. with um, with radio gear. And I, I said I've been traveling consistently with radio gear for the last five years now. And
0: yeah, I think uh, that's
2: Inverness is really the only
0: time we're having any trouble. That's about I think par for the course. Dan, I, I I'm kind of surprised. I mean, it does happen on occasion. I know, but it, it's never. I've been through the airport with my radio gear probably 10-15 times nothing like Brian but I have never even been asked anything I've never even been stopped every time I send it through it just goes through and uh, you know I gather it up and away I go that's kind of interesting so,
1: yeah I think the only places I've ever really had a problem with that is uh, flying in and out of uh, like New York or, or Newark uh, places like that um, any place else I've I've never you know really been asked but it was almost guaranteed that uh, i'd be asked you know to turn things on uh, when i went through those two airports so
2: but well yeah. you do look kind of shifty dan i mean i'd, I'd probably give you a second look as well <laughs> hold on sir i need you to come over you got to come over here in this private room we got some special jumping jacks you need to do yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's the Tom
1: Even without mustache. radio gear
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right so let me just say i'm going to come back around to the georgia trip a little bit later but uh, let me just finish up by saying because we are talking about who we worked and I I did a joint activation while I was there in Georgia. After I got through the airport, uh, it was a you know I, it was a normal flight. You know they they still have a seat between you and and uh, it, it was you know they it's Southwest is who I flew with, so they they don't really have you line up. They just say you know if you are a one through ten board, and then everybody else sit down, and then if you're a eleven through twenty board, and that's just kind of how they went. So but uh, I did an activation I I was able to work 3 uh, DX now it's a little different cuz I was on the east coast right so it's a little easier for me but when I did this joint activation which I'll talk about a little bit later I was able to work uh, Spain EA7GV which who I've worked before and a guy in Sweden SM4CJM and then a Germany DL6MST so I was quite surprised I was able to work 3 DX like you said I think the band conditions are improving or something So, uh, had a good time out there. Like I said, I'll talk a little bit more about that activation later on, but, uh, let's go back to Dan with whatever he has.
1: Yeah. Um, I was kind of impressed. Um, yeah, because I had, uh, gotten Christian, uh, F4 WBN on, uh, Noble mountain. And, uh, it's kind of funny because uh, I know now Brian worked him and then, uh, Eric also worked him. Uh, he's been out (laughs) West here. So, uh, he worked him as well. So, Band conditions must be improving. Well, you, but, the uh,
0: difference here is you're, you're a sideband, right?
1: Yeah, I was really surprised. I was, you know, I heard that call sign come in and uh, I was like, what in the world is that? And uh, <laughs> he was really strong. I mean, he was a five five coming in, no problem whatsoever. And uh, I mean, I've gotten, you know, some Canadians here and there. But uh, it's the first time i would never gotten anybody from Europe. Wow. Uh, so much so that when I got home, I sent him an email and said, hey, is this really you and you're in France, you know, it was like, I just got to double check this, you know? And he said, yeah, that was definitely me. And uh, so I was pretty surprised on single sideband. Oh,
0: all right. Uh, anything else on that before we move on to, I guess, the Arizona QSO party or a 10 point madness or one of those, those things.
1: Um, that's about it as far as uh, activations. So um, we want to talk about 10 point madness. That's always a fun event.
0: Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I wasn't able to participate this year, unfortunately. I was up in the air on the way to Georgia. I was really disappointed. But uh, man, it looks like it was a it was a banner year for us. That's um, uh, what you, how, Dan. How did you do?
1: I did not get to participate. Um, matter of fact, uh, I, I didn't even have the radio on. We left on Saturday morning, the, the day of the event, to uh, head to Alpine. And uh, I didn't even turn the radio on, wow. and uh, which was really making me squirm. And uh, my wife uh, <laughs> was very appreciative, but I was squirming the entire drive up to uh, Alpine.
0: Yeah, you knew people were making contacts. Okay, Brian, take it oh, away. Yeah. Tell us what happened.
2: Uh, I'll tell you what happened. I um, the day before was attempting my POTA activation in Napa, and then that and uh, that was in the evening. And that morning, um, I was sitting in a hotel room in Napa, trying not to inhale the copious amounts of uh forest fire smoke from the very large fires burning napa burning near napa and i was looking at it on the spotting page going man i wish i was on top of a mountain right now and i actually thought about trying to get up on top of one in the napa area so i could at least participate but with the smoke being so heavy there was nothing that was really a drive up in the area most of it were fairly long walks and i did not want to walk two miles in less than a mile visibility and heavy smoke. So I did not participate as well because I was working. So all three of us uh, missed the largest soda event in Arizona for the year. So way to go, portable uh
1: ops discussion group. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That sucks. We really banged that one out, didn't we? we did. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. We we actually we were we were the crack reporters on that one. We
0: completely <laughs> missed the scoop on that. We were we're rock solid guys so yeah. you we definitely want to Johnny on the right
1: spot now. there that's yeah. for sure
0: <laughs> well luckily Pete gave us some uh, little report so I'll pull that up here uh, Roger Rugg says that the the French station was booming in uh, for him as well so that's cool this weekend oh so, that's great yeah let me pull this over and see if I can get this uh, up so uh, for those of you at uh, watching right now this is kind of a spreadsheet that the uh, the organizer of the oops of the event uh, created for us uh, so let me just show you a couple things here so you'll you see these are all the call signs of, the, of all the individuals who participated here on the left and uh, you'll see you know let's for example I think the you know let's go with the total Q so not the total QSOs right here some people had uh, quite a few 109 right here and 116 uh, KR7 RK he always does well. Uh, he had 60 uh, Summit-to-Summit QSOs. I think some of those were uh, multiple bands. Uh, so he had 18 different uh, uh, Arizona Summit-to-Summits and six 10-pointers, uh, uh, so a total of 20, 24 10-point uh, peaks. And so he, he his total was 388 uh, points on that one. Didn't and he
1: also uh, swap mountains too in the middle he of the looks thing? like
0: he has three different mountains here, right? So uh, oh, well, he, three. he went to three different mountains on this activation. So... Uh, Good for him. I think he was the top performer. With Pete, you know, usually does really good too. Right behind him, with uh, uh, he actually had 356 points. So actually, looks like right around the same. Uh, But I just wanted to kind of show people watching, just kind of look at. You know, we had some 1296 contacts uh, over here on the far right, and then some uh, 440, 220, two meters, six meters. We had even a six meter. It looks like we had every band except for 12. Uh, 12 meters we had a contact well it looks like maybe 80 so zero on 12 and zero on 80 every other band was was uh, was was represented and that, let me just scroll down here to the bottom so we had 27 participants uh, tw- uh 1,059 total contacts for a, for uh summit to summit score of 3665 wow. so that's, a, that's significant that's the best we've done as far as uh, activations as far as points go and as far as participants I think we had we at least matched what we had last year and the year before that doesn't even count all the uh, participants from that, that participated like from California and other places I know uh, for example um, kr7 RK he he I said he said he got about 20 what between twenty and thirty contacts, and uh, W WU7H is always there. I think he got about the same up in Washington. So we really had a. a I think if you all told, we probably had a, about forty people participating in this event. So it's it was amazing. It was good. I I, I like you guys say. I, I it's my favorite event, and I really am disappointed I missed it. So I got, I'm going to catch it for, for for sure next year. So.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm yeah. the same way. And my understanding was is that they. Uh of state participation was just through the roof which is yeah. which is great it's a lot of fun to chase chase other summits and uh, and it's really interesting if you're up on a summit and you're you're chasing especially if you're on uh, uh, two meter FM man it is it is really busy hot and heavy and it's sometimes it's hard to get a get a QSO in real quick
0: It is I, I, I was uh, on my joint activation I did my joint activation with Pat and with uh, with uh, Andy Pat's call, or Andy's call sign um, is, uh, what is his? Uh, gosh, I, I, they're both their call signs escape me now, but Pat and Andy, they both participate, and for LAG is, is Andy's, and Pat's is, I think, KI7, KI4, uh, uh, I'll, I'll get it in a minute, but anyway, they both participated from way out east, and uh, they both had about 25, 30 contacts, uh, and a bunch of summit to summits, and both really loved it too, so it's 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 really becoming kind of a kind of a United States thing rather than just an Arizona thing. So, uh, pretty cool. And then Christian uh, Christian Claiborne, uh, uh, W uh, W one uh, C L C he uh, N one C L C sorry N one C L C Chris he he uh, was talking to me on my last joint activation with him and he he uh, was get, got all ready and stuff like that, but didn't do as well as he thought he'd do. So he's gonna he's gonna try better for next time. Uh, Don is always in the house. Hey Don all right so let's uh let's see what else we got here dad what else did you want to talk about um
1: well i mean especially you guys know i've been a single sideband up forever and uh, i really enjoy uh, enjoy that but uh in recent years you know especially the last two it's getting tougher and tougher to uh, make single sideband contacts so i've been kind of fussing around with cw for a while and uh, i need to definitely spend more time on CW and uh, I was just curious, you know, it's so such an intimidating thing, you know, I was, you know, oh, did I really send that letter or did I send it right or am I really hearing that right? And right. then the, uh, you know, getting caught in your first pileup, uh, I was listening to Brian operate uh, over the CUSO uh, <laughs> party and I could I could pick out some letters and stuff which was made me pretty happy. But uh, boy, sometimes you've gotten a, a bit of a pileup there, and I know that happens on a summit. So it's it just seems much more intimidating on CW than it is on single sideband. So I was kind of curious how everybody kind of got over that and uh, stopped being gun shy. Uh,
0: Roger says that he's uh, he's going to drive up to a ten pointer next year because climbing a two pointer is a bit overrated.
2: <laughs> no argument there. Yeah, definitely. And, and Battle, Battleship Mountain, the ultimate non-two pointer. oh man. You'll, you'll never get to that. Yeah,
0: cool. Uh, what else, Brian?
2: I, I was, I was just thinking, of, you know, Dan was talking about the CW, and I, was, you know, I was thinking about yesterday, and you know, I didn't get to operate um, nearly as much as I did, and, you know, because I had to, to take care of a few things. So Dan and and um, Jeff kind of had the run of the house and the station while I was gone. When I finally got back to the house in the evening, was we had about what forty-five minutes maybe left in the QSO party when I sat down. Yeah. So I fired up on eighty meters, just figuring, now eh, we'll you know see if we can grab a few contacts here and there, and um, that was not the case. We were we hammered. It was about forty some QSOs in, in a little over in a little less than forty-five minutes. That was a good time, and I mean I I was not expecting that that volume of uh, of people coming through on eighty meters at that hour of the night, and you know. Did okay. I think I think I I think I ran fairly well. There were a few things. I you know I probably annoyed a few people, but heck, they wanted to work me. They didn't have to
1: if they didn't want to. <laughs> you and know. you had some you had some nice pileups going there for oh. you know on and off.
2: Oh yeah, well there were a couple. Of, I mean, that was that that one guy that I I think it was from Illinois that I, that I was trying to pull out of the pile and that was or not even out of the pile. He was just he was just a really really weak signal. I had to finally throw the headset back on because when i was operating by myself i had the cans on but when you and when you and uh, jeff were in the room because i wanted you especially you to hear what was going on i was running off the speaker and there were a couple times i had to throw the cans back on because i just i couldn't pull it out um using the speaker on the back of the radio yep but yeah now the, the main thing with cw dan you just got to decide you're going to do it and then <laughs> also to get over the fact that you know you suck and I, I mean, Charlie and I, and both it's okay. sucked, we sucked really bad when we first started oh, out boy. and right. now we suck a little, now we suck a lot less, but we still don't, we're, we're still, you know, not yeah. fantastic. At Absolutely. least I definitely am not a lot of room for improvement, and, you know, and, and the only way you're going to improve is by doing it. And you know, the, the funny thing for me, for a while, I was moving along at a painfully slow 12 words a minute. Cause that's about all I was comfortable with for a while. And I was on this summit up in show Low, and a snow squall blew in and it had like, Thunder in it but it was snowing and then it was raining and then it was hailing and then it was snowing and I'm on top of this mountain and I'm trying to get the, like the four or five contacts. in so I can qualify the hill because I rented a car after I flew up there for, with you know, for work to spend the day up there while my passenger was doing something. I'm like, I got a $60 car. That's worth at least two, at least uh, that's worth at least 20 points. And I've only got 10 right now. So I got to get another 10 points to make this thing worthwhile. And I was on the eight seventeen. I remember hitting the button, cranking it all the way up to 20 words a minute and firing away at 20 words a minute to try and get through the contacts and i managed to make it through at 20 and then at that point i never slowed back down again i always kept the speed at at least you know higher greater than 14 words a minute and it clicked after that i'm like i can do this if i can run at this speed and and fumble through it with some of the the hot shots that because we definitely have some really good cw ops that are chasers and i'm sure they're sitting there going come on brian it's a it's a (laughs) like get it please it's a i don't want to send this one more time please get it and i'm there sitting there going oh come on like, was that a was that z was that n why why did yeah. you just tell me to go screw myself no 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 that was actually <laughs> that was something else yeah and it's really just a matter of deciding you're going to do it and realize and understanding that most of the people i think that are working us are super patient and they know we're we're, we're getting there especially especially when you're a new call sign on cw they're going to know i've never seen dan on cw before that's cool he's trying it out you don't have to worry about it, man. I mean, we're all patient,
1: yeah. I, yeah, what I'm thinking about doing is kind of uh, uh, spending time chasing, you know, because I work from home mostly, so uh, string up the, the dipole and just uh, sit here and listen to CW come in during the day and chase a few here and there and stuff. So, um, at least that way it'll help train my ears a little bit and uh, make me more comfortable. Sending is a, far easier than uh, uh than picking it up by ear ex- except for the for break sure. uh, The break that drives me crazy I cannot send that to save my life so you probably won't see that on a lot of my activations but uh, I'm hoping on my goat hill that uh, I want to finish out with single sideband and then uh, on my goat hill uh, after I do that uh, I'll probably break out the CW and give it a whirl.
0: Yeah. Hey uh, uh, you know a familiar call sign K0LAF right?
1: Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, uh,
0: Charlie. He's in the house. He says that uh, he's been using CW for 50 years, and he still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I've,
2: actually, I've actually got a non-soda contact with Charlie. I, we worked on 6-meter uh, 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 FT8 during uh, some of the good openings in June. So oh, I have got yeah. him in the log non-soda from home, actually.
0: Yeah, he's, he's wow. really reliable, isn't he?
1: Yeah, it's amazing. This You always come up with this you know, uh, large group of the same people who, who actively chase. And uh, without them, it certainly wouldn't be any fun, that's for sure. So I'm okay. really appreciative of all those folks who chase me on single sideband. Because so, I know it's not exactly the easiest thing. CW would be far easier. And most of those guys operate CW uh, more than they do single sideband. So I'm right. glad they spend the time to chase me when I'm out on the hills
2: yeah absolutely yeah it's a uh, it, that's why i'm talking about or we've we've been discussing amongst us me going getting something small for that i can throw in the bag for work that has phone in it just for that reason because i uh i i as much as i enjoy doing the cw i need to start getting more uh more phone going for the folks out there that don't do cw and mainly you know for selfish reasons i don't carry that the 817 up the mountain much just because of the weight and the size and i've gotten so spoiled by the uh the the compactness and the reliability of the Ukit's radio. Yeah, that
0: I Ukit's mean, over, looks, it's pretty cool.
2: You know, for, for what it is, it's worked it's worked really well, and it actually worked far better than I ever thought it was going to. Originally, it was just a test drive, and I had seen um, uh, AKL. I think that's his call sign. K, the guy from uh, New Mexico, five, five AKL. I think it's like K five AKL. Yeah. K five AKL. He came to one of the soda gatherings in. Um, at uh, dukes early on i'm not sure if you were act if you were active yet or not Were yeah, you at I that was. one charlie no i wasn't so let he me cha- just
0: interject real quick uh, Oh, sorry duke dukes is a uh, waterhole for uh, arizona soda guys we have our meetups there at dukes on a regular basis well somewhat regular so anyway go ahead yeah.
2: so he he had come he, he was one of the you know the out of town uh, cameo visits and he actually brought his gear with him that he uses for for activations his his pole And um, he has a a KX1. And I saw that KX1, and I'm like, holy crap, that thing's tiny, and it weighs nothing. And I'm thinking about the 28-pound pack that I had just hauled up Iron Mountain like three days before (laughs) that going, I bet that's probably a lot better than that. And I started looking for KX1s. I couldn't find one for a reasonable price because it's a good radio. But I did find the UKITS radio, and that's why I ended up with the UKITS radio. It was more of just a, well, we'll see how this thing goes, and if I really like it, maybe I'll, I'll invest in the KX1 and frankly the Yukits the radio worked out just fine it's it's i've had to do some repairs to it it's not the most not the most durable thing i had to replace the volume knob with something a little bit better and then recently i did an activation up on mingus mountain and um the uh bnc connector came loose and actually broke off the board fortunately i got a buddy that lives right near mingus mountain i called him up i'm like hey can i swing by your house and use your soldering iron Dropped by his house, did a repair on it, and then went over and did Spruce Mountain. After that, after fixing the the radio in,
0: in his garage, <laughs> that's funny, Christian uh, N. One So
1: how's the front end on both those radios? Because you know, I, as you guys know, I used to haul up my eight fifty seven, which was like a tank, uh-huh. and the front end on that thing is just so easy to you know overload. How how is it like with the MTR three B and the and the U kits? And um, because I know Charlie, you guys have used the Eight seventeen and stuff, which is kind of similar yeah. as far as front end.
0: Well, I mean, first of all, uh, Christian Claiborne, he back on the CW thing real quick. He says he's he never give up on CW because it's and it's great to know that he'll always suck. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, well, the MTR three B, for me, I, I don't know if it's it's nothing scientific about this. It's just how I my observation. I feel like the MTR three B has a has a great receiver in it compared to the the Yasu eight seventeen. I think it's better. <laughs> Believe it or not, and uh, I, I, you know it has a filter built in. I, I, it just seems to be really nice compared to the, you know, I have a, a filter in the in the FT817, which I embarrassingly had in there for six years and didn't turn on because I didn't know how and didn't go through the effort of pushing three <laughs> buttons. That's a story for another day. But uh, I, I think even with the filter in the in the FT817, I think the MTR3B is better.
2: The the U kits radio I haven't had a ton of experience with it around contests so I, I will say that this that when I was in Napa and I did that um, Poda only activation of think that's how it's pronounced Benicia uh, State Park the um, the portable ops challenge was going on and the Oceana DX contest was going on so the and I I activated right at five o'clock in the afternoon and. I had a hard time finding a good spot and getting it narrowed down enough where i could pick out the people that were calling me and i, I just set up on a picnic table in the park and i was able to make it work but when i when i tried to the last three contacts that i needed to get the 10 to qualify it i wasn't getting from calling cq so i finally started doing some searching and pouncing and i managed to pick up three more um with my my booming four watts but it was it was a challenge so I think the thing has a good receiver because I was I've been able to work some pretty weak contacts on it, but it's always been on summits with low RF and low interference from other stuff. Now I will tell you that when when Dan and I did our joint activations, what was it about a month ago now? When yeah. you were talking and when you were when you were using your um, your uh, uh, KX three, I had no problem copying Dan 5.9 on any of the bands that I was on. He was, <laughs> he was he was he was booming in um it was it wasn't it wasn't completely um intelligible but it was enough that i could tell it was him i could enough that I could tell it was he was he was giving him a signal report and i could tell when he was calling cq um it was so yeah that URO type of at 10 watts
1: for me baby it well yeah well,
2: well you're you you're pushing out six more watts than me with a with a radio that's you know far better than mine <laughs> yeah
0: uh so let's see um what were you saying you were saying about the uh, you're gonna go do some sideband and stuff like that Yeah, I, it's like it depends on what you're doing right because like most of my activations I like to take the FT817 because it's I don't mind taking that extra weight But yeah if I'm traveling or doing backpacking definitely the MTR3b is a way to go for me so yeah and, and I this last trip to Georgia I had uh, uh, well let's see I had a couple people ask about sideband or no you're not doing sideband and then Kyle a a0 Z a a a Z A A zero A- Z-, 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 Z Kyle, uh, he was asking about uh, me doing other than twenty meters, and we kind of split up the bands, so I never did twenty. And uh, so yeah, there's just kind of all kinds of things that you, you you experience with the joint activation stuff, isn't it?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: It, so is is um, is single sideband more popular on on the East Coast for the East Coast guys than it is out here? I, I'm not sure if that's the case or not, but
0: I don't think so. I, I think it's about the same as it was as it is for us, really. Uh, I can speak a little bit about the activation I had out there because I have a few things to say about that, and maybe if unless you yeah go for to it, help. Charlie. Yeah. So, so let's, let's yeah
2: it's story time. Let's story hear story
0: time. yes. Yeah. So, so I went out there. Uh, I was out there from Saturday to Saturday, and uh, I already had planned on an activation with Andy uh, N4LAG. <sighs> Now, Andy, you might know him, he, he he actually comes here to Arizona for the winters, and uh, he's been on some of these peaks here and participating in some stuff with us, so anyway, uh, I emailed him probably a month before and said, hey, let's do a joint activation, and he's like, he was up for it, so we we uh, kind of planned on on a Wednesday, and then as time came on, we we kind of invited Pat to come along too, KI4SVM is his call sign, and he so he joined us, it was two of us, the three of us together did the activation. So. <laughs> so so we met at Piggly Wiggly and uh, <laughs> and uh
2: that, that was very southern
0: yeah very yep. southern we went at piggly Wiggly in, in uh, Dillard and we uh, hiked up uh Raven mountain and uh it's you know I did three hikes while I was there and they were all about the same they were all not very steep they could there's parts where you could be steep but it was just kind of average trail it wasn't like easy but it wasn't hard and this one wasn't any different it was two miles to the top and when we got to the top there was a, a, a fire tower but these fire towers aren't anything like i've seen in arizona this one has it was a was a stone structure with a with a wood uh, decking on it in fact let me pull it up i have a picture of it it's pretty interesting uh let me see here can you you can see that that is uh, so right here is is andy and then this is Pat, we were just kind of fooling around with the uh, FM. So when we got up there, the first thing we did was we shared Pat's uh, radio and we, uh, here it is right here, and his, the antenna on the radio right here in this corner. And we all got our contacts and we're done, basically. It's a great view you can see right there, uh, wow. but uh, it was, it's, it's, uh, Pat said he thinks it's the best view in Georgia, uh, that summit. So he said it was a great one to do, and I mean, it was an amazing view so uh anyway then uh, after we all kind of worked fm for a while then pat stayed on top and he worked uh cw and ssb on two meters which was and he got contacts on both so it was pretty cool and then uh, and then uh, uh andy and i got went down below and uh, set up our rigs and here's here's me on my with my mtr3b there's uh that i was just sitting on the ground and and uh, hammering it out. I just, I just was on twenty meters. Uh, Andy was trying on thirty and, and forty, and didn't have much luck there. So, <clears throat> but anyway, that was uh, that was kind of the activation. I I got to know Andy pretty good, and he's he's a great guy. Something about Andy that that I thought was amazing uh, is he has been to non radio related, but he's been to every county in the United States, including Alaska and Hawaii. And it was a kind wow. of a goal that he made. So he he's visited every county. It was amazing, and uh, so I got to know him. He's he's kind of uh, he's a great guy. He's really fun. And then Pat too. Pat's close to getting his uh, fourth, I think, uh, or more uh, mountain goat. Uh, I think it's oh, number wow. four. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, it's number four. He said he's going to get his fourth leg. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, but he he said that he's he's worked. Uh, outside the country, a lot of different places. And he, he told several stories of some different places. Very interesting. So if you ever have an opportunity to meet either one of those guys, I think you'd uh, you'd enjoy meeting them and, and uh, playing radio with them. So uh, one of the things that I talked about with them when I was hiking up and down was the uh, tradition of the mountain goat plaque. Uh, do, we, do either of you know about the, what that is? Have you heard of that, Dan? The, the mountain goat plaque tradition and what you do with the purchase of that?
1: Uh. I think if I heard it right, um, I believe that uh, whoever the last goat was buys it for the next goat. Yeah. Is that is it just in the United States, or is that everywhere? I, I'm not uh, sure. I all.
0: think it's everywhere, but it might be in the, just in the United States. I'm not sure, but I think it's just in the United States. Is it just the United States? Okay, that, I, I, I'm not surprised. So, uh, yeah, I think so, in the United States. But it's it's there's been a few gaps and a few times where that tradition has been dropped. I think it's a great idea. So if anybody is getting close to the goat and didn't know about that tradition, uh, maybe it's something to consider. Uh, you know, it's, it's usually the person. Once you receive your goat, you should receive the plaque from the person before you, and then you go ahead and purchase it for the next person. It's it's just kind of a, a great way to recognize people. So we talked about that and how and Pat had some so kind of some stories about how that dropped off and got started and stuff. And uh, so it was a good time though. I, I really I really like this activation and uh, then you know we uh, we went back to the Piggly Wiggly and had a and I and we signed off and and uh, but anyway it was a great it was a great trip so good time cool that
2: sounds like a good time you know I the only I've done one summit in Georgia and that's that uh, Kennesaw Mountain oh yeah I've done that one and that was and that was a good time I actually I did that one with the, uh, the UKITS radio and an HT there were some con- there were i heard activity on 2 meters that was mostly people driving on the freeway it sounded like truckers that were talking to local guys but one of the things i always find cool in, about when you do the east coast summits as opposed to like the west coast summits you know, when we're home is how the bands the bands flip so yeah. normally you know back home we're working everybody on 40 meters and then you're working the other guys on 20 and then just like clockwork you flip it Everybody that you normally work on 20, you're working on 40 and everybody you normally work on 40, you're working on 20. It's almost guaranteed.
0: Yeah. 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 So, so the thing about this one though, is uh, I, what I noticed was there's just like in Arizona, there's kind of like a regular crowd of chasers and yeah. uh, Pat, when he set up his two meters, I mean, it, we don't, you know, here in Arizona in Phoenix, anyway, we do, we were on 144, 410 FM uh, and there's like pretty much everywhere in the United States is 146, 520. But he got on and, and uh, you know, familiar person after familiar person was chasing him. And they were all, you know, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, kind of, you know, local guys. Just So I'm, it operates just the same there, or it did in my experience, as it does here. And, you know, and then when you hop on 20 meters, then you get the, the guys that are further out, usually the regulars. And uh, so, you know, I think I think Soda in, in East Coast is just like Soda in West Coast, except for they probably get more DX. But we get more yeah. JAs, right? Y- yeah,
2: I've worked, I, I worked, I worked at a G, a, a UK station when I was on Kennesaw. That was my, my one European station over there.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, let me just uh, mention, let's just go through some recognition here real quick before we move on to whatever else Dan has to say. Um, let me maybe just pull these, pop, copy these over into a little, like a notepad and, and uh, talk about them. Because uh, I want I think it's important to kind of recognize some of the people that uh, achieve. I, I will say that I, I'm not experienced with Poda, and we need to get somebody on the, on the on the site here that uh, does Poda uh, and talks to, talks to us a little bit about that and help us kind of figure that part out. But so for Soda, uh, since we last met two weeks ago, Bob AC1Z, who I think we all know, uh, received his yep. third goat, and That's George. Cool. I was surprised. I mean, I, I didn't see anything on the soda reflector for George. Uh, KXOR, he received his sixth GOAT uh, since we last met. Wow. Fred, uh, WS0TA, received his seventh GOAT. And Pete, uh, rec- he, got, he reached 10,000 Summit-to-Summit contacts. That was with this uh, Summit-to-Summit thing. And then for the chasers, Gary, K3TCU, 50,000. George, again, KXOR, 50,000. And Mike, we know Mike, uh, W9MRH, 50,000. So I just wanted to mention those achievements and, and uh, recognize those guys. It's uh, All those things are not easy to, to achieve, and it takes a long time and you know a lot of gas money, a lot of trips to fast food, a lot of coercing your wife to let you go, <laughs> whatever it takes. It's, it's a, it's a big, uh, big achievement and undertaking for all those guys, so I want to congratulate them.
2: Absolutely.
1: Those are all fantastic achievements. So matter of fact, I've looked uh, uh, like uh, K3TCU, I looked him up and I've got him in my log probably 20 times. So, you know, you you recognize a lot of those call signs because they chase you every so often. So it it makes it a lot more fun.
0: Yeah. Well, all right, Dan, what what else do you have to talk to us about?
1: Well, I'm just, you know, looking forward to getting started on the CW journey again. So I want to make sure when I that goat hill that uh, after I finish that on single sideband, I uh, want to make that my uh, my first hill that I operate a little CW from. So uh, I'm hoping to do a little bit of that on uh, like a zoom meeting kind of thing or something like that to get a little more fluent if, if possible. So kind of looking for CW buddies to do that with. Cool. So, um, so yeah. hopefully that'll kind of work out a little bit um, going forward and then uh, just start spending some time chasing on CW.
0: Have you heard of the Morris Reno? I have not. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about that. It's uh, uh, we're actually going to do a build, uh, Morris Reno build. It's a kit that uh, you, you have to pay about a hundred bucks for. What's cool about it is it's uh, uh, it's interfaced with the internet, and so you can do QSOs with people anywhere in the world through through kind of internet connection, and uh, so it's, it's so it's kind of an, uh a key or a plattle that's connected via the internet. So uh, there's a bunch of us uh, guys that are going to do a, to build one, and then we're going to kind of get it on the air and do kind of some QSOs back and forth. It might be an idea, something that's kind of fun. You don't have to be on the air; you can just. It's just kind of, you know, it's in the internet, and just there's a bunch of people that have purchased those with the uh, Long Island CW Club, and and uh, you know they're all kind of interacting with each other. So it might be something to jump on board with.
1: Yeah, that sounds like that'd be a fun way to do it. Um, you know, uh, you don't have to worry, like I say, you don't have to worry about getting on the air, and it might make it a little easier to, to practice because sometimes, you know, you, you go out on 20 meters or something like that, and all you hear are the 35, you know, word-per-minute guys, and I can't can't understand <laughs> that yet. So, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that makes it a lot more fun.
0: Yeah, cool. All right, so I know Brian has something else to talk, at least one other thing to talk about. Um, did you want to talk about your upcoming events or is there something else besides that first i was gonna talk about how i broke my pole oh yes do that yes oh, yeah. here's,
2: this is this is my soda pole um this is a very expensive um highly sought after uh no it's not it's a 23 um fishing pole that i got off of amazon via the uh our friends in china um china. that uh worked out pretty well it's about you know when it's fully extended it's about eh, about 14 feet but when i was activating pine mountain this week um some wind came up and it took it out so i had to do a repair on it and now the bottom section only comes out this far because if i pull it really really hard i can get it out but i had to reinforce it with some tape and it kind of folded over so this pole is now eh, about 12 feet now when it's fully extended still (laughs) plenty for what i do for what i've been doing it with so i don't think the the extra 12 inches at the, uh, the apex is going to make all that much difference for an inverted V. But I did did order a new one. So this one used to have a wood grain color to it. In fact, it used to be I used to have it covered in black uh, heat shrink. But Charlie and I did a joint activation a few years ago with with Chris actually TAB. And I had it covered in black heat shrink and I dropped it and we were in the cinder cones and it disappeared couldn't find it so I realized that having it all black was a fatal was it was not a good plan so I ended up getting some yellow heat shrink and wrapped it in yellow heat shrink so then it it now it only disappears my drop it and leaves on the east coast but it doesn't disappear here so that's kind of a home run I, I took the time to even write my name on it so you know if somebody finds it and they want to call me they can actually call me to return it because I would be kind of bummed but the nice thing about it is you know actual size it's a little bit wider than my chest so it fits really diagonally, if it, it fits in my suitcase with everything else. And I have a pole with me all the time to make it easier for 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 doing the act, you know, the activations and, and making that inverted V. So I was a little bummed when I saw the wind take the it just the way it happened, it just it just all of a sudden I'm looking at it and the next thing I know, I'm like, Oh, it fell off, you know, it fell out of the uh the wires that I used to tie it to the, the tree branch. And I looked at like, nope, nope, it's still securely in the tree branch. It just folded over in the middle and it broke. So well, yeah, I think I think this is probably going to become the permanent suitcase uh pole, and the new one will uh which is I couldn't find the exact same one on Amazon that they're apparently not selling that $23 gem anymore. So I had to go um search uh the Hamfest that never ends better known as eBay. Yeah. And I finally found an appropriate one about the same length from China um for uh, $18 shipped. So we whenever that thing arrives here um and we'll see because i think maverick has probably got it in his airplane full of rubber you know what that he takes out of hong kong now that he's retired from the <laughs> navy um and he's bringing that here so it's probably back there with the with the rubber you know what so hopefully i'll get it sometime in the next year we'll see what happens and then we'll we'll uh heat shrink that one up and get it all ready and reinforce it and we'll be we'll be back on the air at, at full height at the apex
0: cool all right well let me uh, talk a little bit about a calendar um actually let me bring this up so that you guys can see uh i'm going to bring up a calendar here my calendar actually but it's not the right one <sighs> Give a sec. all right there it is all right that is not what i expected that is more like it so um coming up uh so right now we're on the 11th so uh monday this monday don't forget it's um, monday night ham radio if you don't know what that is every monday night and every thursday night thursday night ham radio a group of uh, youtubers get together and create a playlist of their videos and we play them through usually you know four hours or so sometimes more sometimes less uh so that's uh coming up uh thursday we here in arizona have the soda barbecue coming up at uh, four o'clock and then the following Sunday, a week from today, I'll be on air with, uh, with uh, Ham Radio 2.0. I'll be the, his guest. Uh, looking forward to that. I'm going to talk all about soda on that, act, on that uh, live stream. So don't forget, uh, don't uh, miss that one. And then uh, October 19th, I'm going to be participating in Monday Night Ham Radio, releasing my video on Mount Baldy with joint activation with uh, Chris and 1CLC. And then we're back to a live stream again. Us, uh, the uh, uh, all portable uh, discussion zone on the twenty fifth. Uh, so, and then further out in the next month, there's a, uh, a SoCal joint activation. If it's still going to happen, uh, K six ARK and I, and maybe a few others, are going to going to do a joint activation out in SoCal somewhere. And uh, I know cool. somewhere in here, uh, Brian has his has something that he's going to talk a little bit about. There's going to be something going on with him as well. So take it away, Brian.
2: Oh yeah. Thanks for reminding me, Charlie. I completely forgot about that. I was so enthralled in everybody else's excitement. I forgot to, to, I forgot all about my, uh, my upcoming obligation. So for those of you that are ARRL members, and if you're not, you should be Uh, the A R L, despite some of the things that they don't do well, they do a lot of stuff really good and they really support the hobby and they need input and funds to keep all that going. So I, I, I highly recommend people join. But, um, with that being said, if you are a member, you can, uh, participate in the uh, arl uh, learning network and if you have something that you're actually you can uh, that you'd like to teach to people or present they always they're always looking for volunteer presenters i um have actually done one presentation already on getting started with summits on the air and it was really just a short little 30 minute with 15 minute q a on uh, the activity that we all really grown to uh, enjoy and love and wanted to spark up some interest with it and talk about that and they, uh, they liked it a lot, so they asked me if I had any other material that I could I could bring along. So I decided to do, uh, the next one's gonna be on doing your first activation. And what I'm planning on doing is walking everybody through in a, in a 30 minute period. So not super detailed, but enough where you get the idea of what you're supposed to do or how it works for me. And most of us, when we do our activations, selecting the peak, um planning for it packing for it what to do the night before what to do the morning of what to do once you get there how to get once you get up on top once you're done once you get back and then and then getting ready for the next one and i'll be going through that where i'm gonna actually the way i'm planning on doing it is i will have the the soda web pages up <clears throat> and i'll actually walk through selecting the summit and doing the um um the the alerts and um and all that sort of thing for a summit here in Arizona that we're all familiar with, I'm going to probably use Lone Mountain, um, or uh, for that, uh, for that presentation. And I said, and then once it's done, um, it'll be uh, permanently available on the uh, ARL website for uh, people to view. And from what I, uh, from what I'm told, the ARL is also planning on making these presentations available to clubs, to affiliate clubs, that if they want to pull the presentation down and play it at a club meeting, they can. Yeah. so uh, again arl life learning network if you got something if uh that you want to um you know add to the uh to the to the learning library put together a presentation there on the page there's uh a link to uh, sign up send them the information they're they're really excited to get uh to get input from membership and uh they they uh they'll bring you right on board they give you a little uh you can select the, uh, time date or the, the time that you want to do it at based off of, um, when they're going to publish it. And they give you their full support. Somebody who's there to do all the technical stuff for you. All you have to do is, uh, talk and click away on the PowerPoint.
0: Well, Hey, a couple questions for you, Brian. First of all, sure. when is it that you're doing yours?
2: So it is, let me look at the calendar here. Right. Um, because I'm sleep deprived and, uh, I haven't really had a very normal week so let me get to the calendar here so it is going to be at uh the 22nd uh, october 30 yeah of, of october at twelve thirty p.m arizona time which would make it uh 3 in the afternoon uh east Eastern. coast time and it should show up on the uh, on the arl um, learning network website or a page within uh, within I think Monday or Tuesday is when they'll actually have the official announcement up and it'll give a brief description of what it is.
0: Cool. And the other question I just wanted to ask you, so I I went to your last live stream on this AARL Mm -hmm. network and it seems like they have a lot of content. Can you talk a little bit about how much they have and kind of what the, what the span and scope of it is? You mean as far as uh, all the different programs that are out there or it's, they, you know,
2: i'm i'm pretty fortunate that they're that they're bringing me on because some of the guys that they have on there are doing these presentations are in my opinion giant giants in this hobby like uh, ward silver is doing a presentation on uh, grounding um I, I can't remember the individual's name but he does um stuff on the um the Adreno, and he's written a bunch of oh. books. He's an author, and he's doing one um, this week for it. And there's there's several others. If you go through all the names, it's just it, and it's it, they're good programs. So it's if you were there for the live portion, you can ask questions afterward, um, and and you know you're able to give them. And and some of the questions are really good. They they do a little bit of an impromptu poll in the beginning to see how much people know about the subject. And the ARL, they're interested in in growing the program. Like I I I don't think this is a you know, let's test it out and if it doesn't work out, we're gonna let it fizzle out. I think it's, a, we're lighting the fire and we're gonna keep throwing wood on it till it's, till it's on fire and it doesn't go out. Um, I think they've, they, they've recognized that this is the content that people are gonna be interested in moving forward. So they, they want to bring in the expertise of the vast membership that they have to help grow and, and create more and more of this content. And I just picked soda because you know frankly I like doing it and I know a little bit about it, but I've also learned a lot from talking to other people and, and a little inside baseball you know part of the uh, the think tank for these presentations you're looking at right now. I, I passed the the, uh, the PowerPoint through Charlie and and Dan both for input you know either criticism or you know for criticism and for for areas where I could do better or order a slides or whatever because these guys have a lot of experience too. Um, and and that's that's one of that's the advantage of this program, in my opinion, is, is there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there with a lot of knowledge that you can share with others. And it's not you know it's some there might not be a big soda guy in your area, but now you have access to someone who's got a little bit of information on soda and might give you some ideas on how to dig that information up or become that guy in the area that's going to be the soda guy in that area that people can go to. I, it's basically 20th century Elmering. I, I, I think that's probably the easiest way to put it.
0: Cool. All right. Well, we've, we've reached the hour or, or near there anyway. It's uh, it's 4:59 according to my clock. So, uh, last words, uh, Dan, then uh, Brian, and then I'll wrap it up.
1: Okay. Yeah. Just to kind of echo what Brian had said about the AWRL, uh, you know, it's another uh, learning opportunity, and uh, you might have a lot of knowledge in, in a particular area, but the the little things that i picked up uh sometimes mean the most as far as making for example a soda activity uh you know more fun worthwhile and and stuff so it's amazing all the the things that people come up with uh that are different than what you're doing and kind of gives you a new perspective on it so i look forward to those kind of things
0: ryan um
2: well i was you know I, i I'm. I've, I've gotten a lot. Is the, the doing the POTA thing last week was was interesting and and learning about that because I've I've now that we we're really committed to doing this this portable discussion group, I've been trying to learn more about some of the other portable activities, and it, there's a lot of there's a lot out there. So if you're if you're a portable guy, you can go crazy. You got poda I didn't even know what BOTA was, but I just <laughs> happened to stumble upon it. Do you guys know what BOTA is? No. No, Dan. Dan knows. I think I talked about it yesterday, but I know Charlie doesn't. I didn't know what it was. It's beaches on the
1: air. Beaches on the air.
2: Yeah, beaches on the air, and it's a thing. And you can look it up, and they've got a whole website dedicated to it. And some—I I don't have the uh, the YouTube up right now, but somebody's probably going, "Oh yeah, I do it all the time." Yeah, I didn't know what it was, but I figured, well, that's another thing. And you know, sometimes I find myself on beaches with work, so if I can just uh, sit I- out on a lounge chair with the radio and the and the antenna stuck in the sand, why not, right? Yeah. I so, know I'm
1: going to take well, my wife to a beach and put it on the air. I'll score some points there. See,
2: maybe I need to do, maybe I need to do patios on the air. I got a, I got a picture up right now of, of Dan staring at a computer on my back patio from the, uh, the, um, the QSO party <laughs> yesterday.
0: All right. Well, let's wrap it up then. I, you know, Hey, thanks uh, Dan. Really. I appreciate you being here. And Brian, I know sometimes it's, you know, with everything else going on Sundays, sometimes can be a tough one. And, and, uh, uh, personal lives and stuff like that so thank you both for being here and to the chat room you guys bunch of characters thank you appreciate you guys being here providing input I enjoy uh, kinda of following what you guys have to say uh, the Sun is, is coming across my eyes right now so that means the sun is setting and it's time to close so uh, we will catch you next time don't forget in two weeks we'll do this again and we'll have some more topics and uh, so uh, thanks for thanks again and we're gonna shut her down ending stream